know the vibes. Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K24. Myself, Mamutsi, alongside me is always the three-time NBA champion, Mr. BJ Armstrong. How you doing, my bro? Oh, boss, it's beautiful. I'm asking all the people. Let's all walk together in abundance. <laughs> BJ's on good too. vibes right I'm now. I'm on good vibes, man. Let's bring the abundance every single day from here on out, bro. I'm bringing the abundance. In 2024, I'm bringing it, Mo. You know, I, I hate so it's all good. What's going on, baby? What's well, going on? You know me, BJ. I'm just waiting for an abundance of trades to happen in the NBA. Oh, so, oh, yes, so I'm gonna, we're about a month and a bit away from the trade deadline. So I thought, yes. you know, the people at Bleach Report released a uh, uh, temperature check on okay. some of the trade rumors that are floating about. So I thought we'd okay. discuss some of them. Um, just right now on TV, Woj says that there is no market for Zach Levine. As in no teams are calling. Interesting. You know, for, Interesting. For, for a player who's been an all-star multiple times, his contract isn't that crazy. It's a normal max contract. Does it surprise you that there doesn't seem to be a market? Or do you think this is just smoke and mirrors and a deal is close to being done and they just don't want that to get out in the press? Because we all know you can't believe word for word what they report. Well, you know, Mo, the, the thing that doesn't surprise me is with that contract, there's another part that comes with it, the expectations. Mm -hmm. And right now, well, you have to dig in once you accept that responsibility and carry out your part on that. It can't just be, I got mine and I need help. It has to be, okay, leadership, plan your part on both ends of the court. But more importantly, Mo, you, there's an expectation that you will be the driving force to win. And right now, Mo, it's been interesting to watch the reaction from around the league, whether it's correct or not, the response. You know, a lot of times, Mo, it's not what people say, it's what they don't say. So I haven't taken a survey. I have no idea. But Mo, he's a very good player. We know he, you know, look, he's a very entertaining player. And he plays the game at a high level. However, Mo, it's been fascinating to see that there hasn't been a scenario as of yet. You know, I always believe, Mo, you know, I tell you this off air a lot. There's always a, there, there's a lid, there's a pot for every lid, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's a lid, sorry, there's a lid for every pot. Yeah, that's and right. And there will, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident there will be something that will get done. However, Mo, I think the, the, the chatter that we hear, rumors and all that, it's been unusually quiet for a player of that caliber. I think that's what we're all saying. He's a mm -hmm. really good player, but you would think when a player becomes available with this level, you know, he's an all-star. Mm -hmm. And you would think you would have more takers at this particular time. And I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised because of financially. That's not however, 43 million a year. Yeah. However, Mo, I, I am... You know, it's it, like I always say, you know, it's when you don't hear anything, that means you're, 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 something's going on. Mm -hmm. So it'd be fascinating to watch, Mo, what's going, how this is really going to play itself out here as the trade deadline approaches. It's interesting because, you know, they say there's lots of buyers and not that many sellers now because of the play in tournament. I mean, with the exception of what the Spurs, the Blazers, the Hornets, and the Wizards, um, Maybe your Pistons, but um, <laughs> most teams are around the mix of either being in the playoffs or the play-in. So you'd think that when there's a big name star player available, lots of teams would be going after them. So on one hand, that might not be why we see a lot of 
trade action. However, what it can do is drive up the price for stars who are available to be moved. And you don't know what's going to happen over the course of this season with injuries and stuff, still with over a month remaining. Um, but the first trade that we've got here to talk about is DeJounte Murray of the Atlanta Hawks. And I mean, the experiment with DeJounte and Trey Young hasn't quite worked out what they were expecting. Ironically, the other guard that the Spurs had at the time, Derek White, is in Boston playing the kind of role that the Hawks thought that DeJounte Murray would come and fill. You know, being that great defender uh, and being a versatile two guard who can play a bit off the ball as well as with the ball in his hands. It hasn't worked out too well for Atlanta, who are having a very disappointing season. I mean, as we record this podcast right now, the Hawks are currently, what, 30, excuse me, and 19, 11th in the standings. So barely getting into the play in. So DeJounte could be on a move and the team that Shams Charani is saying uh, is targeting him is the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Do you see that happening? We know that he's with Clutch Sports and the Lakers, obviously LeBron and Clutch Sports, Anthony Davis and Clutch Sports, Cam Reddish and a whole bunch of their guys are with Clutch Sports. Do you see a way in which they could acquire DeJounte Murray because they can't swap him straight up for D'Angelo Russell? Um, and it's unlikely that they'll trade Austin Reeves as well. And the Lakers, I think, only have one future first-round pick to move in a trade. So I, I'm not surprised that the Lakers want him. Uh, for the guard play. However, I would be surprised if they can find a deal with just those two teams that gets done. Well, Deontay Murray is a, is a very interesting player to me because he has size, he has length. Defensively, I think he's pretty good on that side of the ball. And I, mean, I, I mean, in theory, he, he is, but the way he's been playing, I've not seen anything from him defensively in a while that makes me think he's that good on that side of the ball anymore. Okay. Um, I think he's a willing defender. I'll say this. I think he takes on the matchup to the other team's best well, offense. I mean, he's got no choice. He's back goal partner is Trey Young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, oh, okay, Trey, I like Trey, you got Auntie Edwards tonight. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I like I like Deontay Murray. Now he would be a fascinating player for me to have a one-on-one conversation with because I really would like to know what he thinks of himself on the defensive end? Does he think of himself as one or a two? Now, clearly he has the size to play both, especially in today's game, because you have a lot of what we would call, you know, uh, you know, hybrid guards, right? You know, you know, guys, two ones, one twos. I'm willing to take a chance on a player like him mm -hmm. because I think he has the essential qualities to be a really good defensive player, especially at the one. I just think he has size. You know, when I think of Shea Gilgis Alexander, when I think of him, I think of what how he punishes smaller guards. I just mm -hmm. think, you know, could he play the two? Absolutely, he could play the two because he has the size to do that. But he's just a terror at the one. <laughs> he just, I mean, what he did to your Celtics last night. I mean, he was, he was just fantastic. Well, now, I've been saying now for over a month, he's the MVP. So yeah, I wasn't surprised. I, I, so I, I would like to see, I personally would like to see Deontay Murray just ex try, experiment, just being a one. I, I would like that too, because as an off-ball defender, he's horrific. Like the amount of times we've yeah. seen him this season getting beat by backdoor cuts or losing his man out on the perimeter when he's off-ball defending has been horrific. So I, yeah, I would I, like I, to see him <laughs> as the one rather than two. Yeah, I I, I, I like him. I, I, I'm intrigued with his size. Uh, what he brings, 
you know, I, I wasn't really excited or enthusiastic about that trade. However, I want to say something about what's going on down there in Atlanta. You know, Nate McMillan took a lot of, you know, he took a lot of, uh, let's say, criticism for what was going on down there at the particular time. And, you know, I, I, I'm i friends with Quinn Snyder, and I think Quinn Snyder is a terrific coach. However, you know, at some point here, you know, you're, you're, you've got two excellent coaches down there, right? I never like to see people lose their job. And Nate took his responsibility, okay? And now you're seeing Quinn comes in, and Quinn is a terrific coach. And you're still, you're still getting the same results. So now at some point here, you keep looking at the team, and you keep looking at the roster, and you go, that's a pretty good roster, Mo. Yep. And and they moved John Collins to accommodate, you know, some, some what they've got right and, now. And, and so now, Mo, I have to take a look and say, what's going on with this roster? That it's it's underperforming consistently now. Now they had that one year where they did get to the conference finals uh yeah. against the Milwaukee Bucks. They did do it. I mean, they did it, no matter whether you know, whatever it, it, things worked out for them. It worked out for them. Uh, However, I'm not, I'm now most since then, yeah, since then it's been, we keep expecting better, but they've stayed in the middle of the pack right around that play in area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, mo if things don't change around here pretty soon, I would think that Atlanta would be into shuffling the cards mm -hmm. with this group. And Deontay Murray, I think would be a good pickup for someone. You know, the Lakers, I, I mean, I get it. I, the Lakers, everyone's always in the trade with the Lakers. However, I don't know if the Lakers have what's have enough to get him, get him or a player of his caliber. You know, you you got to give up something, right? I, I, I know we're going to match up salaries. You're going to say D'Angelo Russell. He's, he'll be thrown in every trade scenario. But you're going to have to give up a really good player. You know, they're going to give up Austin Reeves. They're going to have to give up something that's of value because make no doubt about it, This he's a former All-Star. He's a starting guard for sure. And I think he has the ability to be a top 25 player in this league, in the right D'Angelo Russell. Deontay Murray. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Deontay yeah, Murray. Yeah, just checking. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned Dion. So I I yeah. So I, I think I think the Murray kid has that level of talent. Now he hasn't hasn't, you know, I think he was an all-star down when he was in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a great scenario for him, but you know, it is what it is. So uh, we'll see how it plays out, but it'll be interesting to watch. I think he's going to be an interesting player. And the last thing I'll say about it is wherever he goes, I think the expectation has to be, he's going to resign there. Yeah. So I think it's going to be fascinating to watch which team would step up and, you know, and trade for a player like that with the financial commitment, I think could come with that trade. Well, Woj says that the Hawks are absolutely open for business on trades. GM Landry Field seems determined to make a trade for that roster. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. A lot of fans want to see him on the Knicks. I don't think that happens just politics-wise in the NBA. Um, but the Knicks did make their trade with the Raptors for OG Ananobi. So now a lot mm -hmm. of people are looking at Pascal Siakam. So 
you know, the Barnes and Quickly duo uh, have meshed well with Scotty Barnes in their first couple of games. They've got off to a flying start. Pascal's contract is obviously up this summer and the Raptors might be looking to go in a younger direction. So now the teams that they're being reported would be most interested in Pascal are the Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers. Do either of those two teams make sense for a player like Pascal Siakam? Well, when I think of Siakam, I also think of Obi Toppin. I think of like young players. Siakam blossomed into an all star. Obi Toppin, you know, he's six eight, six nine, right around that that size, and we don't know what he could be. However, the players and 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 what they've been able to accumulate as far as their talent, Siakam certainly fits into that category. He's, mm. he's a long, athletic player. The way they're playing now, especially with Halliburton leading the charge, get up and down, athletic, so forth and so on. So I like that. However, I I like what I like what Indiana's doing right now. I like their team. I'm not ready to give up on those young guys just yet because I don't know how good they could be. Mm-hmm. You know, Obi Toppin now has gone from a bench player. Now he's kind of settled in as a starter up there, and they seem to have some chemistry together. I, I mean, he's having 20 point games more frequently athletically he's playing you know above the rim he's always done that but it, i i like where they're headed and i like where they're going um Higgs. sacramento is yeah because it sacramento, feels like they kind of reached their ceiling with this current line well I, i'm gonna say this you know the the kings lost the game i was just talking to someone today Mo. let me just make sure i got this right the kings lost the game last night to the charlotte hornets and we were just yes. talking about that <laughs> and and they lost it at home. Now, something is very obvious to me, and I'm going to go back to last year. And it's carried over to this year. If it's one thing that I've seen last year with the improvement of the Sacramento Kings, and it's carried over to this year, when teams get physical with them and grind the game out with them, they seem not to be able to counter that style of play. Okay. Yeah, because they play very fast basketball when they're at their best. They play very fast, up and down, similar to the Pacers. But when the game gets a little bit, you know, physical, Mo, I don't think they're a soft group. It's just sometimes you you have bodies that's not able to play and meet the physicality of the game. Now, Mo, I think it's a real concern for the Sacramento Kings based on what I've just seen and watched. And and they are kind of small with Siakam, uh, not Siakam, with Sabonis at the five. Yeah, and Murray I, I at think, the four. That makes them a smaller team. Yeah, I, I think now we have to say, okay, when the game gets physical, can they meet that level of play? Because their game and their style of play is predicated on speed and quickness. But when the game slows down a little bit, Mo, right? Especially now in the fourth quarters, you see. And I think now, as I've spoken to teams, and I was just talking to another executive today, and we were both talking about what's going on out there in Sacramento. I don't think they've reached their ceiling. I think they need to add some physicality to their group. Mm -hmm. You know, a player who could match that level of physical, when the game gets physical, that can match that level and that style of play. Do you think Siakam helps that? Siakam is not that player. Siakam isn't a player where you're going to say, he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to set screens. He's not a. He's not going to set the tempo of the game physically and say, "Hey, this is how we're going to play today." Mm-hmm. He's not like an enforcer that way, and that's okay. I love the way he plays. 
However, I want to see him utilize his skill set. Now I'm going to ask him to do something that's really not his game. You know, he's not a, that's not his game. So I would like this Kings get some physical presence to this group. Because I, I like mind, this group. That would be a good fit. With this group. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't, no one comes, no one comes to mind, you know, like it's no one just, that just comes to mind, you know, but, but I, I, I just kind of know they like, they need like a PJ Tucker, for instance, <laughs> like a player like that. You know what I mean, Mo? That could offset that if the game got a little physical. You know, Jay Crowder, what he what he brings to a group. You know, um, Marcus Smart, what he brings to the group. Toughness, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like you so need not then trading for like a star player, just trading for kind of a role player. Yes, because Mo, offensively, they can score with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Mo, it's not they, they can score. However, Mo, you heard me say this. You got to be able to stop someone at critical moments and you have to be able to get that loose ball. You have to be able to get that stop. And when the game gets a little physical and the referees aren't blowing the whistle like they do during the regular season, you got to be able to play through the contact. So mm-hmm. I would love for them to figure out a player like a PJ Tucker, someone who can meet that level of play when the game gets to that point during the course of the game. It may, it may not, he may not fit, for how they play in their regular season. But Mo, at some point, you're going to need that. So I, I think a player like that would be worth them considering because they don't have a player like that on their whole team, mm-hmm. at least that I can see, that can meet that and play on the perimeter and play in the interior if need be. Um, a team that people are talking about a lot in the trade rumors is the Philadelphia 76ers because of the assets they got in return for James Harden. Um do you think that they should make a move? Because when you look at the teams with cap space next summer, there's seven teams right now who have significant cap space. Uh, the Spurs, 55 million. The Magic, 51 million. The Jazz, 41 million. The Hornets, 40 million. The Pistons, 38 million. The Wizards have 20 million. But the one name that stands out on the list is the Sixers, who have $32.9 million of cap space. If you're the Sixers, do you ride out this season with the current group and then try and use that cap space in the summer? Or are you looking to make a trade and absorb a salary that will um, give you another piece around Maxi and Embiid if, that you can keep rolling with? If I were the Sixers right now, I'm, I'm feeling really good about my current situation. Okay, I'm, I'm feeling really good. I'm, I'm feeling good how this team has gelled. I love the, what, what uh, Coach Nurse has done with this group. And, you know, they're currently now in, in third, in, in third place uh, at 23 and 10. So I really like what they've done. My only concern with this group is the health of Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And if he gets in foul trouble, which he will get in foul trouble at some point, whether it's in the regular season, during the course of a game, in the postseason, how good is this team without him in short stretches? We know with him, they are a championship caliber team. Without him, though, I'm a little concerned about this group and their style and the way they play and what level can they play at for whatever length of time, because they're a totally different team without him. Yeah. Totally different. Like there's a huge drop off from, you know, Jojo playing on the team. I think that's the same with like all teams who have a superstar like Embiid. 
like the Nuggets without Jokic or the Bucks without MB, uh, with, but, without Giannis. But you're going to have to play. You're going to have to learn to play without him for a stretch. Yeah, and the drop off can't be that significant. Okay. okay, that that that's all I'm saying. Like, listen, you you can't just take Jokic out of the lineup and expect him to be. However, Jamal Murray is capable of carrying the group. Do you so you don't think Tyrese Maxey is capable at this point of his career? I, 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 he hasn't shown that yet. Okay, mm-hmm. they don't have, in my opinion, when I look at the when I look at the Sixers, right? Um, you know, I was just looking at them the other night. Versus, I think it was against the uh, the Bulls, right? I was looking at them against the Bulls, and the thing is, when you have a player like Maxey, okay, so they have Tobias Harris and Nicholas Batum. Really good players. Okay. You have Kelly Oubre, really good player. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Now, when I look at this group, I say there's only one player to me that's a primary ball handler. Yeah. So that puts a lot of responsibility on Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. When you're, so I think Tyrese Maxey, without question, is the primary ball handler. Now, who's the other secondary ball handler so that we can let, or allow Maxi, like a Jamal Murray, to be a dominant player for a quarter or a half or even a game in some cases, right? T- Jamal Murray is capable of carrying a game in any playoff series, and and, and Jokic can play a, a a secondary role, okay, if need be, right? We we know we're gonna do it. It's kind of like what I'm saying is. Tim Duncan was without question the best player on that Spurs team. Absolutely. But he could defer and allow the other players to carry a quarter. Parker, Ginobili. Ginobili. Yeah. And that's what I'm concerned about with this Sixer team. Who else can allow Maxi to play another role if need be? Because you're going to need that. So mm-hmm. if I were the Sixers, I would, I would patiently wait for that player. Because they have a little chemistry right now. They have to be feeling good about their team. As long as they're healthy with, with JoJo, they're going to be in the race, right? Whether or not they can do it, that's another discussion. But they're going to be in the race. But is there a player that may just fall to them and fits with their financial salary and cap situation that will allow Maxi to start carrying a game, mm-hmm. whether JoJo plays or not? That, to me, is the key. I don't, I don't think Nicholas Batum does that. Tobias Harris, I think, is a terrific player, but maybe, but I, I don't think he's in that category yet. Like, what like, would you like, think like, about um, a Siakam or a Dejounte Murray, just as we've discussed them on this show already? What in so, Philadelphia? Again, so when I when you start tinkering with your core group, one thing I like about the Sixers is they have chemistry. It works. Like Mo, they think about this Mo. They took away the leading assist leader from last year mm-hmm. and they're they're arguably just as good or better without mm-hmm. I like what they've done to their depth I like the players they've added they seem like they get along and they play a style that you, you they, they try to defend they're they can grind the game out a little bit I like this group now would I like adding Siakam to this group yes but once you start taking players away now you have a new team yeah, so they could wait for the summer where they have more cap space. Yeah, I think I, the cap space I, is actually yeah. more than the thirty-something million I said because James Harden contracts off I, the books. I, I, I would, I, I would be a little. I, 
I would be a little careful with what you add to this group at this point, just because they seem like they play and they like each other. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't fix is what it. You're yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. Like, like Mo, like a lot of times, you know, we just got done talking about the Atlanta Hawks. You know, you look at the roster, you go, man, that's a pretty good roster. But the chemistry doesn't work for whatever the reason may be. Well, once you find something that works, Mo, and guys like each other and they they play as a team and everyone understands who the best player is, everyone understands who the second best player is, you know, all of a sudden you start getting guys like Patrick Beverly. He knows his role. He's not fighting for shots. And then, you know, Tobias Harris, Nick's Batum just plays his role beautifully as a role player. Now, Mo, you start having some good chemistry on your team. That means something. So I I would be a little hesitant, but I like Siakam's talent. But I would be a little hesitant right now if I'm Philadelphia. That's just me, though. I hear it. I hear it. Well, I mean, if if any of these teams need some toughness and some shooting off the bench, I am still available. I can be signed <laughs> to a 10-day. Uh, I can go on a two-way contract, whatever you need. You just let me know. Um, but if you want to hear the podcast keep coming out, make sure you subscribe. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your shows from. And join the Discord that's linked in the description. You can come and have some conversations with us. Let us know. We want to hear your predictions for 2024. and We'll be reacting to them on tomorrow's show. So make sure you get involved and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. And in the meantime, you know the vibes. Get buckets.